0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Get in the Garage. We're a music podcast for music lovers. I'm your host, Mike. Here with me, as always, we have Luke and Mr. Jeff, Alex, behind the camera, behind the scenes. Hello. The voice in the sky. Welcome, welcome. Uh, We've got a great show planned today, but before we get into it, as we always do, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe, share the podcast with all your family and your friends, and the
1: listener of the week this week, Luke? The listener of the week is... Somebody that owns a cat—it's cat lovers. Oh, this week. It's cat does lovers one ever week.
2: own a cat?
1: No, a cat owns you. Cat cat owns
2: owns you. you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So no, uh, you're just an idiot who feeds a cat. <laughs> yeah, right,
1: right. It's, it's cats this week. You have a cat. Tell someone that has a cat. Yeah, uh, felines love our podcast.
0: Felines love our podcast. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Like I said, we have got a, a great show planned.
1: Luke, back to you again. What are we talking about this week? <laughs> Here we go. I will tell you. On the podcast this week, we have. Music news, like always, stay informed, and then we are going to discuss the 50th anniversary of Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, and then we are going to cover 2012, the musical year that was. We are going to go through it, we are going to tell you our favorite albums, and I am going to give you my infamous rundown of what the year (laughs) was that year. Um, and then in the final segment, we have the Gorillas' new album. This album is called Cracker Island. We are going to review it. We are going to tell you about it, and then we are going to tell you some of our favorite uh, bands that are named after animals. Seeing that Gorillas is the infamous animal named band that is fake but real, uh, we are going to tell you some great animal band names. So stick around. This is the show. Just get in the garage. Alex plays theme song. Yeah, here. Somebody rolled the garage door. Here we go.
0: I really want to make this out, but I know I don't have to. I know, you, you really don't. And that's a repressionist. I like that. Impress.
1: This is music news.
3: <laughs>
1: wow, music news. What do you got, Mike? Uh, well, Foo Fighters
0: announced a spring 2023 uh, leg of concerts. Uh, Taylor Hawkins, who, you know, untimely, uh, this untimely death happened last year. Uh, you know, things kind of were up in the air, whether or not, you know, are Foo Fighters getting back together? Are they not? They had a couple, I think it was a couple, right, of Taylor Hawkins tribute concerts, concerts mm-hmm. plural. Um and it looks like they're they're gonna go for it. Uh, they got festival slots at Boston Calling. Who is Bonnaroo? From- um, let me see here. Oh, that doesn't say. It does at least not in this in this article, it doesn't say. But they do have dates: uh, Guilford, New Hampshire; Boston, Massachusetts; Columbus, Ohio. Then they're going to Germany when uh, for two uh, for two shows. When's the first date on there? Uh, it will be May twenty fourth. Kicks off well, their Sort in of May. We will know. We will know. My yeah, guess I'm is interesting. my I'm guess
2: is Josh Fries, who is the main drummer of those tribute concerts. Yeah, longtime session player, played with Nine Inch Nails, played with Perfect Circle.
0: Mm, mm. Interesting. We will see. We yeah. will be, yeah. we'll see. Maybe it, maybe
2: it'll be John Theodore, the drummer, current drummer for um, what's that band? Josh Homme's in.
1: Oh, uh, Queens, of Queens of Stone Age. Queens of Stone
0: Age. Yeah,
1: Th- many great because options
2: because
0: they're all kind of like part of the same same age similar same age ranges. Crew, yeah, yeah. so So, yeah that should be interesting um you know i mean there's you know people talk about when band members pass away and whether or not the bands should go on or they shouldn't go on uh, you know whether in regards to like the members memories and stuff like that i say you know the show must go on and uh yeah taylor hawkins i feel like is the type of person that would want the foo fighters to continue so
1: i agree Mm. i also have some concert news while we are Mm. on concert news uh Justin Bieber has canceled the remaining dates of his Justice World Tour. Justice Beaver, uh, yes, uh, (laughs) that was favorite Beaver. Very much so. Uh, he canceled his dates. Um, he kind of left people in limbo earlier this week when he was postponed his dates. People were, didn't know if they were going to get their money back or not. If these dates were going to be rescheduled. They have not been rescheduled. They have been canceled. Um, all concerts in the U.S., Ireland, France, Poland, Australia, you get the picture of this world tour have been canceled. Um, he originally canceled earlier when he had some kind of face-paralyzing uh, thing go on. Um, Ramsey
2: Hunt Syndrome.
1: Yes, that is what that is called, and he had to cancel some dates. He continued last July on this tour and then um, promptly said he was not going to tour anymore after that. So um, hopefully Justin Bieber is okay, and um, I am all for artists not touring. If they don't want to tour, um, your mental health is much better than anything else in your physical health and all that good stuff. So, um, Justin Bieber canceled. It's also his birthday today. Oh, happy birthday, Justin. Happy birthday, Justin Bieber. Um, He's building a dam. (laughs) Yes. Also, uh, Blink-182 have postponed some tour dates because Travis Barker got an operation on his ring finger. And... um. Tom DeLonge let us know about this from Twitter instead of Travis Parker. Um, But maybe he was recovering from his finger surgery. He couldn't type it because his fingers messed up. There you go. Uh, But this was in a live video. But either way, um, the Latin America tour dates have been moved to 2024 of next year. Um, So that is your concert postponed news. Very
2: uh, nice. Recently, yep. maybe today, I think it was announced. Uh, the Weeknd became the first artist to hit 100 million monthly Spotify listeners.
0: Wow. Congratulations. The, to the Weeknd. Weeknd,
2: who also has the record for the most streamed song in Spotify history, which is the song Blinding Lights. 3,439,000,000 streams of that song. Wow. Holy wow. shit. That's impressive. He's. I think it's one of two songs that has cracked the three billion mark. The other is Ed Sheeran's "Shape of You," I believe. Wow. Wow. This is uh This is crazy news. Million
0: monthly listeners. That's very fascinating. Wow. Wow. Very cool. Good for the weekend. Yeah. Go weekend. Go weekend. Mm. Um, I was kind of limited on my music news. The other thing, it's kind of piggybacking off of like uh, show and uh, you know tour news and stuff like that. Kiss have officially announced. Their last, last, last shows ever. Final shows ever. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Taps for the Kiss Army. Uh, We lost a lot of good men out there. Um, the, the shows will be December 1st and 2nd. We partied so hard. We partied so hard. We lost a lot of good men yeah. out there. Yeah. Uh, December 1st and 2nd, uh, the Madison Square Garden gig. December? December. fuck? Oh yeah, God. well, cause the, pa- the pandemic and everything yeah. that happened pushed a bunch of show dates back, as we know, cause we went to go see Kiss, and we were supposed to see them a couple months before we actually went
1: to go see them. We didn't get, um... That was a mudslide. Yeah, we didn't get COVID postponed. Yeah. We got hurricane postponed. Yeah. Oh, did we get hurricane postponed? Yeah. A hurricane hit. There was a it's hurricane been... of COVID. Oh, alright. I understand. That. There also was COVID. I can't remember anything. At the time. For the last oh, couple you years. have long I'm COVID, like, that's all. Oh, long hauler
0: over here. <laughs> long COVID. Just call me Dave Navarro. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um uh, we hope you're doing well, Dave Navarro. Um <laughs> <laughs> December first and second anyway. That's what's it's happening. Will it be the end of KISS as we know it? Who knows? Uh, who, the, I hope so. Listen, the thing is is that they said this is the, the their last tour. That doesn't necessarily mean it's the last show ever, because they could you know, they could they, do they a one off, get... they could do a festival, they could do Would you, you know... go
1: see a Kiss show if they got famous rock stars that were younger to go co- and dress up in the Kiss makeup? Yes. See. Yeah. That's but what I'm I saying. But I don't want to see these seventy year olds. No, I don't want to see these
2: seventy year olds either. <laughs>
0: um I don't know. I would imagine that they would do something kind of like, uh, you know, maybe a Vegas residency where they have like people rotating in. I would like, like that,
1: that if it was like the Ringo, like Ringo Stars, all-star band where he has like every, every if you have two hits, you come yeah. in, you play your two hits. But like instead of that, it's like famous people like that, but it's Kiss. And like yeah. you go in, it's like a famous drummer, you know, like Jason Bonham or something. Yeah. And like Dave Grohl is like Paul Stanley for a night. Or, like, a month. Yeah, that'd things be like that. Yeah,
2: I think a of, of Vegas residency that they like executive produce, they have a, a current aged band play mm-hmm. the stuff. They make it a huge pyrotechnic, whatever, Vegas spectacle. And it's just like Kiss presents. Whatever. Kiss. Yeah, but like, <laughs> but they shouldn't <laughs> be up there going like, agree. Agree. Yeah.
0: In my opinion. So there you have it. Kiss is at the end. Who knows? We'll Farewell see. at the Madison Square. Yeah. Garden. Smell you later. <laughs> By the
2: time you see this episode, it will have already happened, but March 3rd, this Friday, is De La Soul Day. The De La Soul discography right, is right. being released in its entirety. Uh, first time ever available on all streaming services. So. Buy the vinyl, because they make more money off of it. Buy tapes, buy CDs of it. Stream it a billion times so that they can get one hundredth of a penny every time you stream it. But uh, for the first time ever, they have cleared the thousands of samples that are on all their records, and that's the big reason why it was never available before.
0: Is this a limited thing where it'll only be available on streaming forever? For In the words
2: of Squints, forever. Nice. All
0: right, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Good for them, man. Yeah. Very, very, very cool. good. <laughs> Luca, do you have any more music news?
1: I'm out of music news. So oh, I you're
0: out. I have one more thing. Oh, hit us with it. Uh, that, but it will it, it'll bridge it'll bridge us into the Pink Floyd segment. So I don't know okay. if you have anything left. I do not. All mm. right. Well, as it turns out, Roger Waters is back in the news. Oh, thank you. Surprise! Surprise! So happy. Boo to you, Roger oh. Waters. Uh, it looks like things are finally happening, though. It Looks like hopefully people are starting to cancel the old uh, crazy man and. Uh, so there was a Frankfurt concert that was canceled. German officials cite anti-Semitism. This is not a new thing for Roger Waters. He's been in and out of the news lately because of his views on Israel and his views on pretty much everything,
1: all World geopolitics. Po- geopolitics abroad. Yeah, abroad, all, you know, we've all been, over the place. We've been disdainly covering it for a while.
0: We have okay. been, yes, but I figured since we're talking about Pink Floyd tonight that you know we would also just shout this out and say that, uh, Roger Waters, I hope more of your shows get canceled because we don't <laughs> like you.
1: So, <laughs> there you have it. We love, we love Pink Floyd, though. I love said. Pink
0: Floyd. I'm a David Gilmour guy. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Richard Wright, all day. Nick Mason, all day. But Roger Waters, it's just kind of like, hey, man, you know. you know.
1: We have lines in the sand. We have camps.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We do. We love your
1: art, though. Yeah. So, there's that.
0: Some of it. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Some of it. Not that solo uh, project garbage. Hit,
1: hitch, that hitchhiking album. Yeah. yeah 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 it's not good um anyway anyway we're going to talk uh, about a great album segwaying
2: on today march 1st is the 50th anniversary of pink floyd's seminal the dark side of the moon uh some fun facts about this album this album has spent 972 weeks on the billboard 200 albums chart 972 weeks is 18 years and 36 weeks on the charts. (laughs) Number two on that chart is Bob Marley's Legend, who has been on the chart for about four years total less. So you can see how big that uh, achievement is. It is uh, stipulations, you know, because album sales across the world are not really kept track of that cleanly. But uh, they are either the third, fourth, or fifth. It's either the third, fourth, or fifth best-selling album of all time. Um, I think it's on the short list of like albums that every 16-year-old boy will listen to for the rest of the time. Like It's on that list of five. Dorm room posters, T-shirts sold, things like that. Uh, and for good reason, in my opinion, because I don't go to this album very often. I probably listen to it once a year. Um, but it is still easily a top 20 album for me. And if I think long and hard and make my real list, it probably is closer to 10 or so in my opinion. Yeah, I would so, agree.
0: Yeah.
1: I think uh this album is the <coughs> classic like 10, like I say all the time on this podcast, mm. like if it's like the 10 for me, it's yeah. got to be comparable to Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Mm. It is a groundbreaking record, I think. It is a song suite in a lot of mm. ways, plays all the way through in one piece if you play it like that. Um again, it's we were talking earlier, Jeff said very funky and a very prog-based record mm-hmm. um a lot of soulfulness in it r&b influence mm-hmm. it's melds a lot of classic things and brings it together in something that's very palatable and listening uh to listen to mm-hmm. but also very experimental and uh mind altering in some ways i think in a lot of even in modern context
0: yeah yeah i would say so uh this for me is was i mean you know this is where i kind of really Uh, not kind of this is where i fell in love with david gilmore as a guitar player Uh, i remember listening to to breathe and hearing that first like it just it washes over you you Mm -hmm. know and as a guitar player you think like what the hell is that you know and it was really like the beginning of sort of a deep dive into me even as a guitar player into guitar pedals and stuff too you know uh claire torrey's performance on the great good in the sky Mm -hmm. absolutely incredible uh another couple fun facts about Mm -hmm. this record this was kind of the launch pad for alan parsons Absolutely, sure. engineer uh, yeah, of this. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and uh, also some profits from this uh, album oh, sure. went to go help to make Monty Python and the Quest for the Holy Grail, which is yeah. something interesting. I thought George Harrison was the only one
1: who was uh, later, later, who
0: was yeah, yeah, who was uh, yeah. giving lots of money to the to the Flying Circus, but uh, yeah, they uh,
1: yeah. they would stop recording to go watch them uh, shoot Filming. like film yeah. and yeah. stuff, which is very funny. Uh, but yeah. yeah, like you we're saying the guitar playing in this album and Alan Parsons, he created a lot of the soundscapey things that you are hearing on this. A lot of like ideas that were brought into life in the studio were brought forth with the assistance of Alan Parsons, which I think is a, you can't really like leave this album out. I think without really talking about him, he Mm -hmm. was in get back. If you watched uh, the get back movie, he was the uh, engineer on that record. Mm -hmm. And I think birthed a lot of new like technical like the panning of the synths going around the room um in us and them things like that uh he was also responsible for bringing in the uh female backup singers and uh the backup singer on great gig in the sky which is uh clarence yep and he was brought all that forth in this album so i think it's very important that his legacy as an engineer and artist you know on this as well be mentioned
2: yeah i think this is um this is the first album I ever got seriously into. Because um, I owned a few CDs of my own, you know, for Christmas and birthdays and stuff like that. Uh, but this was the first one that I would sit for hours listening to on repeat with my CD, little portable CD player and headphones on my bed. Um, probably like, you know, f- probably the Christmas before I turned 14, maybe. Maybe like my freshman year of high school. Um, I think this is Nick Mason's... Uh, strongest or most interesting or best drum performance Mm. uh because it's it's driving and it's funky and it's kind of light but it's very involved and very uh melodic lots of very memorable fills i think david gilmore's guitar playing especially on this album is like something that people are still chasing to this day uh i think that roger waters for who he is now like the lyrics are amazing on this album the messaging which he wrote all the lyrics for um I think his bass playing is great on this. I think David Gilmour's singing, like I always have loved his singing much more than Roger Waters singing. And it's because of this album. Uh, David Gilmour singing on this album is like some of my favorite rock singing ever. And Richard Wright, uh, kind of the unsung hero of Pink Floyd because he plays so many different textural keyboards, Hammond organ, the like AC V30 or whatever the weird synth was on this electric piano, uh, grand piano. Um, I think it just has incredible songs, uh, some standouts, Time, Us and Them, Money. You know, like the, they're classics for a reason. Like, this is pinnacle. And I used to think yeah. of this album as being dated, but I, when I would think like it's a dated sound, my mind would be like, yeah, man, because like all that late 60s stuff, it just sounds like this. And it's like, this was mid 70s. This wasn't. So the datedness yeah. is not real. It's the dated <laughs> of like how science fiction movies are dated, where it's like, past and futuristic and a little like yeah, present yeah. and talk about the social issues and especially in England at the
1: day during, for the uh, lyrics, Um yeah, this is
2: tops. This is a great album.
1: Yeah, I I was into this when I was like later, 17, 18. Yeah, yeah that's about where I got into um, it, yeah. I think like the nature of the lyrics, like you were saying, like the working class, um this is your life, this is like birth and death and struggle. And the nature of the questions that are being asked is, I think, a lot of, like, why people connect to this record. It's very, like, a very human record. It's about humanity um, as a subject. And I think on that level, it's about uh, working-class humanity, people that work, and things of that, like, blue-collar kind of people. Um, And it's interesting I, that's why I think it connects so well and I think it connects with people at a certain age when they're like oh uh, this is life and mm. it kind of helps to right, breathe right. into those ideas and thoughts and um, I, like I said earlier the even like the great gig in the sky like having the um quote the profound quote of not, not being afraid of dying and you know and then you're like oh okay and then someone sings this Crazy, like beautiful, chaotic, and then back to beautiful. Uh, vocal melody that has no words, and you you go. It makes you ponder your place in the world a little bit, and it has that ethereal nature that I think really is the pushing point of why it's such a staying classic record
0: yeah i think it's really effective in the way that even even like when you listen to on the run that's the synthesizer that jeff was (laughs) which was inspired by uh richard wright's fear of flying Uh, that's the idea behind it which is why you hear like this kind of like crashing and 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 the doppler effect thing and all this crazy stuff going on and then going into time which is literally just listening to clocks going off. with For like a minute and a half. Yeah, for a minute and a half. And then it goes into this long, like, boom.
1: That was my alarm clock on my phone Bong. for a long time.
0: <laughs> you know, but it it's, it's it's you have to be, um, you know, in certain parts of this album, you kind of have to be a patient listener. And I would say that this record definitely taught me how to listen to an album. Because if you, it, I, I mean, I think I can speak for both of these guys here. in the way that's saying, like, Every time I listen to this record, I always listen to it in its entirety. I never really, like, just like, bloop, bloop. I never do that. I never do not. that kind of thing. If there's one song that I do that with, or two maybe, time and maybe money. But even then, if I'm going to skip a song, I'm going to skip money. <laughs> and But I usually don't anyway, just because it's like, I put this on, man, and it's 42 minutes long. It's I was just, just over. about to
2: guess. I was about to say, it's probably 42 minutes long. Yeah, it's 42 it's minutes right. and 50 <laughs>
0: seconds long. <laughs> And it just plays perfect. It's <laughs> yeah. the it's a perfect album. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so few albums that I would be like this is a perfect album. This is a perfect album.
1: Cuz I think too when you play a song on here, the the payoff ends up being what the next song is. Yeah, yeah, right. And so yeah. it's like it's chapters in a story. Yes, it has yeah. this great pacing um And, and even that, in
0: the end, you know, like at the end of the If I if I pick- if I'm picking Koda. nits,
1: uh on the run is uh my least favorite on there. Uh, only because I feel like it's yeah. a bit uh, slow up front in the record mm. but um, that is my only pick of nits on this record I love it otherwise yeah, and I still is a, love that song this
2: is a straight up like we we give number rankings this is without question this is a 10 plus this is a 10 yeah. this is the classic yeah
0: classic yeah one of the undisputed heavyweight champions
1: Happy fiftieth anniversary yes. to the yes. dark side of the moon. Yeah. Yes, we'll yes. listen yes. to it again later tonight. Yeah, and uh, it's, yeah. it's gonna blow our minds all over again
0: every time. Um, all right, cool. So let's
1: now, move on. We are going to cover the music year. My favorite segment that was 2012. We are going to get into it, and <laughs> I have a list for you. Okay, so 2012 was the year we all thought the world was going to oh, end. Oh, did it though? It did not. Open up your third eye. Oh, oh. (laughs) we're living in the Matrix ever since. Uh, According to the Mayan calendar, we were all going to die. It didn't happen. Um, But now 2012 is just a year that we used to know. Okay, here we go. Wow. This guy. (laughs) You like this over here? This guy. Foreshadowing. Oh, so good. All right, so uh, these are not in any particular order. These are just great musical things that happened that year. Uh, In 2012, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg played Coachella, and they revealed the – Oh, Hologram of Tupac. The oh, Tupac. that was that year. Holograms. That was, I remember that. It was
0: mind, man.
2: Groundbreaking.
1: Was like, what? Everybody was like, are there going to be Hologram concerts? What's happening next? Kiss. That's the, where they should go. That's where they should go. But that hologram <laughs> company went promptly out of business <laughs> in the same year. They blew year. their whole budget on Tupac. Um, I just would like to note we just get a 50th anniversary. All the like old 60s bands had their like 50th anniversaries yeah, that sure. year. We had the Beatles, the Stones, the Beach yeah. Boys. The Beach Boys uh, had that uh, really uh, angry tour where they broke up and uh, yeah. Mike Love went back to playing the state fair, which was very funny. <laughs> where he belongs. Where he belongs. Uh. Um also, I would like to note, 2012 was the year that uh, the band Pussy Riot came to the Americans' uh, attention. Russian band, yeah. The uh, Russian band that has something against Vladimir Putin. A lot of people do in this day and age. Yeah. Um, that was the year that they came into the headlines with their um, art rock that was, uh, you know, they demonstrative. Were, they were knitted
2: hats with their eyes cut out. Yes, and they were
1: that. causing drama. That was uh, the year that we all knew them, and then but nobody knew what kind of music they made, but we all knew who they were. Um, Taylor Swift grabbed... Uh, her first Hot 100, number one, with Never Ever Getting Back Together. Oh. So that was a big deal, and her album Red also went to number one. Um, also of note, One Direction had a giant year that year, and they had two albums hit number one on the Billboard album charts, oh. which is a huge feat. Um, and also one of them debuted at number one, which is the first time a English band debuted at number one with their uh, first record in America. Oh. So that was cool. Um, uh, Frank Ocean... Released his album Channel Orange and changed the rap and R&B world as a whole. He also wrote a letter where he stated that he fell in love with a man. It uh, changed a lot of opinions in the hip-hop culture. So I thought that was worth throwing in because we're still going through that uh, re- these revelations today. Um, Call Me Maybe... The song Mm. by Carly Rae Jepsen uh, exploded from YouTube, which was some of the first times this was happening. Um, Justin Bieber championed the song in a tweet, Go Justin, and this song blew up there afterwards and was championed by many artists, made it into a crossover radio hit. We have another example of that happening that year, which was Psy, who broke in with Gangman Style, the K-pop Oh, Oh, that was 2012. That was 2012. That was Opa, that took style. up or Opa, took over Opa, the Opa, most played Opa. video on YouTube of all time, which was originally <laughs> Justin Bieber's "Baby." Then was "Size Gangnam Style." After wow. that, so it brought K-pop into the world. Yeah, this was America's true. first uh, taste yeah, of K-pop ever, and it was a huge uh, taste of it. That song was giant. Um, and I would also like to point out that Adele was still riding high after. Uh, 2011 album uh, 21 and mm. was just completely blowing up the charts everyone was obsessed with Adele uh, it's just of mention would you guys like the Billboard top 10 songs yes, of 2012 count please. it for 10 1? Uh, from 10 to 1 from 10 to 1 sure. here we go yeah. what makes you beautiful by One, One Direction, Direction Great at 10 Starship's Nicki Minaj oh yeah. Yeah. yeah we found love Rihanna Calvin yeah. Harris mm-hmm. big hit um uh stronger by kelly clarkson, kelly clarkson. Yeah. which i did oh, not realize yeah. 2012 was yeah. still yeah. on the charts oh, yeah. um glad you came the wanted i don't know the song oh yeah that was like a summer yeah you know, boy okay. bandies. yeah uh lights by Ellie golding oh, do you yeah. know the song a good one. okay yeah. uh payphone by maroon 5 featuring wiz khalifa yeah. are you young <laughs> fun uh featuring oh, janelle moey yeah, yeah. Uh, Call Me Maybe number number two Okay, Carly Ray. what's number one Somebody I Used to Know that's correct record of the year at the Grammys next year yep by yep. Goyette uh, and we never knew Gautier him again and Gautier featuring oh uh, Kimbra Kimbra that's who it is what? New Zealand I believe that song came in so hot changed everyone's opinions about what music was at the time and then completely
2: yeah. disappeared
1: Overplayed to Death
2: Go back. go to listen to it excellent song oh it's excellent a- yeah it's song. a great song the Is way it- the duet builds the instrumentation with the xylophone and stuff
0: and i remember too song. that great speaking, music video too if you want to talk about like youtube and stuff like that yeah. that was a song that everybody was, was doing on youtube i was yeah, just yeah.
1: gonna say uh that oh, song like challenges yeah that song yeah. almost mm-hmm. spawned youtube music like yeah. culture as a as a whole like the you cover- get that
0: one where it's like a guitar there's a guitar and there's like five
1: people, people and they're all exactly. like doing the thing around yeah. the guitar um,
2: Walk off the earth
1: yeah. Would you guys like The top selling albums Yes I would Okay sure. Here we go I, I believe this is All Everything across the board So sure. we, we're into streaming At this time This is streaming uh, Sales Everything mm-hmm. um, We have 21 By Adele, Adele yep. um, Two Red by Taylor Swift uh, Three is up All Night by One Direction. Mm. At number four, we have Believe by Justin Bieber. Five is Some Nights by Fun. Mm. Uh, six is Overexposed by Maroon 5. Mm. Seven was Pink's Friday. Um, oh, Nicki Minaj's Pink Friday? Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I read it backwards. <laughs> I'm thinking like it's the artist <laughs> pick. I'm sorry. Pink Friday by Nicki Minaj. Mm. Um, Babble by Mumford & Sons is oh, at eight. Album of
2: the year, the next year at the Grammys.
1: There you go. Mm. Um, Nine is Tailgates and Tan Lines by Luke Bryan, the country singer. Oh, okay. And ten is Take Me Home by One Direction. Wow. So Crazy year. Two One Direction albums in the top ten, by the way. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah. Which is m- millions upon millions of album sales in uh, digital downloads. I would also like to point mm. out, before we get into our favorite albums, 2012 was the last year that streaming sales were the highest Music sales after this year, um, music downloading sales. I'm sorry, did I say Uh, streaming sales? I'm sorry, iTunes type thing, digital
2: whatever. Digital
1: download sales Mm. were at its top peak in 2012, Mm. and we're beating physical sales. After 2012, um, digital downloads are no longer the number one um, Mm. album sale. Sure, and it's then streaming. So we move to streaming the next year over Mm. and that becomes the number one profit uh instead of musical single song and album downloads
2: hey 2013 was the last time i bought a cd so it makes sense yes and i believe i got my spotify account in 2012. right okay i was i was you know not to who gives a shit but i think i was the first person of like people i knew had spotify because i was just like yo man 10 bucks i can listen to anything i ever want to
1: yeah it took me a long time to cross over into the streaming age. I was, my music got fractured for a long time and like a weird, like I listened to a lot of physical stuff and CDs and like iPod still. I think I was still iPod classicing in 2012. Luke's just holding oh, yeah. he's plugging He's plugging, his
2: Carlo yours, right? he's plugging his headphones straight into the bottom of a cassette. He's like, why can't I hear it? Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was still this. listening to music
1: on an iPod classic in 2012 yeah, when you I broke that out it. a couple
2: weeks ago I laughed so yeah cause hard. all my 2012 music <laughs> is on there now yeah yeah. so very, very
0: strange times there you have it alright well let's talk about our favorite albums there's a lot of really good albums that were released that year to choose from
2: can we throw to our man Alex Alex do you have an opinion
0: I'll
2: any like 2012
3: do you have like a 2012 yeah, favorite yeah, yeah. album um, so this was in like uh, a time frame that like I was really like listening to music how old then? were you in 2012 14
2: uh, that's prime So,
3: yeah, I Mm. mean, like, I don't recall (laughs) a lot of what I was listening to back Mm. then was, like, electronic music. Mm -hmm. So looking back into the year um, and kind of thinking, like, what was my favorite 2012 album of that time was Mac DeMarco 2. Oh, sure. um, Which is a really good album. Um, It's like, yeah, it's him doing the sign they're doing right now, which uh, has a couple of my favorite Mac DeMarco songs on it. um, Being My Kind of Woman and Freaking Out the Neighborhood. Yeah. just kind of classic Mark, Mac DeMarco songs that I really enjoyed, um, and that was my favorite album. Yeah.
1: I went back and listened to that record after we covered the. I can't say I'm not going to mess up his name because I'm, I'm messing Just it up. Just call him MD. 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 I listened to that record after we covered. Uh, uh, that hot dog, hot dog record album. five easy hot dogs five easy hot Chocolate dogs starfish oh, sorry. <laughs> yes and i <laughs> like that record i avoided that record for a long time when it came out especially and because i was like i don't know if i like this but yeah. i like that record it was really cool man so mm. right on he I was think
2: like it, the hottest thing on the underground music internet yeah. in 2012
1: oh yeah i so uh ripe for the hit and listening. Inspired a whole yeah,
2: it was,
3: generation of hipsters yeah because like in 2014 <laughs> i listened to salad days when that album came right. out yeah. and then that kind of turned me back onto him mm-hmm. for 2012 stuff and mm-hmm. you know that was that was really my first intro into him so
1: Right nice. on man cool.
3: Um
2: my 2012 choices um an honorable mention Fiona Apple's The Idler Wheel dot 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 long poetic thing uh it's really Fiona Apple going off yeah, musically off the rails into more raw like coarse type of sound um the album I thought was going to be my pick is not my pick. It's an excellent album, and that's Frank Ocean's Channel Orange. It's an album I love dearly. features probably my favorite favorite song of maybe the 2010s, which is Pyramids. But the only album from 2012 that I think is more than an album, it's like a artistic statement on a different level, it's like a musical movie, is Good Kid, Mad City by Kendrick Lamar. Oh. Um, yeah. I saw Kendrick Lamar, I think in support of this album, in, the concert probably was in 2013. Um, saw him live. He performed with like literally no backing track except for courses, which I had never seen a hip hop hip hop artist do. This album is just like uh it's a masterwork. And it's not technically his first album, but like to the large majority of people, it's like his big debut statement to the larger world and it's uh you can listen to it front to back, which I highly recommend. You can listen to it in chronological order, you can look up the track listing based on like all the the little interstitial skits of like what happens during that one day that the album follows, which is really cool. Listening experience. I'll send you like the track list for that. Um, yeah, it's just best. It's just the best thing in 2012, in my opinion. And it still holds up Features Some of my favorite songs, uh, sing about me. I'm dying of thirst, uh, real, uh, money, trees, women pools. Like it's just, a, yeah. it's an excellent album. Yeah.
0: yeah. Mine is the same album. Yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't, I couldn't, I looked up, the list of albums that came out that year, and it's like, I remember when this came out. It was, you know, I um, where I was working at the time. One of my coworkers, my buddy Ryan. Shout out Ryan if you're listening. Um, he was like, "Yo, you've got it. You have to listen to this record." And he picked it up, and I remember we literally just listened to it over and CD? over and over again. He yeah. bought it, yeah? Went to Fye at the Crystal Mall and went Waterford and did you bought have, the did CD. Did you have the deluxe? Oh, of course we have the with deluxe. The van, the van. With the van. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep that's the one we had and yeah. yeah same thing it was just kind of like this breath of fresh air as far as like you know the really hard-hitting hip-hop went it had uh, like you know one of my favorite characteristics of a hip-hop album which is like the reason why i love people like notorious B.I.G. it's the storytelling thing man that's yeah. it's i mean that's really what it is it's, it's so much of like that day in the life and it you know it's it was bringing compton back on you know dr dre was a major um influence contributor to this album he featured on the record he produced the album uh, and you know it was backed by Interscope Records, and um, oh crap, what was the other one? Uh, Top Dog Entertainment. Top Dog Entertainment. Thank you. Uh, great features. Uh, yeah, Drake was on this. Mary J. Blige was on a track. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it goes on and on. Just incredible as far as a lyricist goes, he was just next level. It was like you know, there's there's a reason why people were like, oh, Kendrick Lamar came and saved hip hop, and I mm-hmm. really do believe that to a certain extent. You know, you had. You had different people branching out doing different things, like you know, like Luke said, you had the Frank Ocean channel. Orange came out that year, and you had a bunch of other stuff going on. Odd uh, Future, but this is yeah. But uh, for me, this is just this is it. This is right up there with Ready to Die, and right up there with All Eyes on Me's and the you know Thirty Six Chambers and the, all of that stuff. This to me, uh, you know, like Jeff said, it's 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 a masterpiece. That's this is a masterclass in hip hop, one hundred percent.
1: Very, very much agree. This record is sitting somewhere in the basement, though I could not find it to put mm. it on the shelf. So I don't know if you took it back or if it's lost in the walls here. Oh, I don't think that's
0: <laughs> mine. I think that's your copy, Alex. Did yeah. you take it back? Okay, yeah, good. Exactly. I was hoping it wasn't lost in
1: the walls. <laughs> um, so The walls swallowed it up. Yeah, I was like, oh man, did this room eat another record? So um, I am going to pick a record that I bought, I think, when I, the year it came out um, at Target. On a physical release, and then bought it a year later on vinyl. Uh, this is Alabama oh, Shakes, yeah. Boys and Girls. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, this record I bought it because Target used to have that like little like indie section mm-hmm. in their CDs, and that sometimes I would buy like stuff I didn't know because it looked cool. This is a record I blind bought that year. Um, it was like pushed as like a cool indie underground thing. Um, it was on the at Co yeah, ATO yeah. label that came out, which is also, I think, like my morning jackets label at that time. Um, so it was pushed pretty heavily. This is like a soul revival-y record um with with some a lot of rock and roll mixed in there. Uh front woman Brittany Howard, I think, is the only person that's really of mention in this band that is like the driving force and power. Um, this record hit like a ton of bricks with me. It like really brought me into, like, another world of music. It has that, like, throwback feel to it, but it also has a lot of that, like, modern approach to it that doesn't make it sound like maybe, like, a dap-tone record, which is like kind of, like, a stylistically, like, throwback 60s, 70s soul feel. This is um, interwoven with, like, a lot of um, punkiness and, you know, gritty, dirty southern rock uh, approaches, and I fucking love this record. I what? love like every song in this record. What's yeah.
0: Britney Howard's other band? Is that
1: Thunder? Oh, Thunder Bitch Thunder is a, bitch? another project that was released in between this and the second yeah, Alabama so if you Shakes tracker. Like, if
0: you like Britney Howard and what she does at Alabama Shakes, I highly recommend that Thunder Bitch. And also bitch her album, solo stuff now.
2: Yes. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, she yeah. still plays with the bass player. I can never remember his name. Excellent bass player.
1: Yes. The bass player is like the only holdover mm-hmm. from Alabama Shakes. Um,. Mm-hmm. yes this record really... what's the big song that was like oh um, hold, hold on. on oh yeah yeah Cut hold the on. on they played on
2: like snl and stuff yeah. yes
1: yeah. um mm-hmm. and i mean if i'm naming songs on here uh rise to the sun is a song i absolutely love on here hang loose mm-hmm. um psh, what else uh heartbreaker on here be mine um be mine especially i love that no no no
0: if i'm not mistaken i think that I think that I had that, like, ripped to a cassette because I had a car that had a cassette player in it. Uh, I remember listening to that on the ripped cassette in my car. So it
2: did sound like a tone record. Then. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but no, Luke's right though because there was a lot of bands around that time that were kind of like these throwback type bands and stuff. You had like bands like, uh, I don't know, like the Sheepdogs and
1: Nathaniel, uh, Nathaniel uh,
0: Rayliff and the Night Sweats and like all those kinds of bands that were kind of like these Lumineers. like shoutbacks and stuff. Yeah, Lumineers and stuff like that. That's a great record. That is a phenomenal record and they're like, I mean... I think it still holds yeah. its
1: ground. Like I'll go back and listen to that and... And when the second record did come out, I was an upset fan. I was like, oh, my God, they didn't do the throwback country thing again. And I did not like that second no, record when I it came out. Yeah, but you record. came around to it, though, because uh, it's one of the best records uh, like I've ever heard. It's such a fucking great record. But it took time because the stink of like the country, the rawness. throwback yeah, rawness, rawness yeah, yeah. I loved of this isn't on that. Yeah. But it doesn't detract from how good good both of those records are so yep. check out where britney howard got uh the star that was a phenomenal Debut. record yeah. yep great Excellent. alabama shakes
0: yeah that, well there you have it uh the year 2012 brought to you by Get in the garage good any year. more
1: any more throw throwaways what did fast? lincoln
2: park do in 2012
1: any more albums uh, that came out <laughs> that you love
0: i can google search lincoln park 2012 oh
1: i don't know i just want to shout I out i don't know and he's like please stop talking about lincoln park. stop talking about lincoln park do you guys have any other album shout outs
2: no, Honorable sir. mentions. Fiona Apple and Frank Ocean. Excellent.
1: Check uh, it out. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to throw up uh, Bob Dylan's Tempest. Was into that when it came out. Duquesne Whistle. Check it out. Uh, Beach Boys. That's why God made the radio. I bought that when it came out. Paul McCartney's cover album, Kisses on the Bottom. These are albums I literally bought that These year. albums
2: come out in 1972 or I bought those <laughs> albums when they came out
1: that year. Also, oh, shout out yeah. to another record I think is a, still a great record in the genre. Uh, Joyce Maynard's All These Things, I Will Still Grow Tired. It is such a great emo record and pop punky record. Um, So check that out. It's one of their earlier records, and it's really good. I bought that when that came out as well.
0: I do have two now that I'm looking at the list, or three now that I'm looking at the list. Uh, R.A.P. Rap Music from Killer Mike. Mike. That's the one with that song, Reagan, which is pretty intense to listen to. I love Killer Mike, though. He's awesome. Run the Jewels. Great. Uh, Tim Impala's Lonerism came out that year. It's not for everybody, but, you know, it's for some. And that song, Elephant, right? That's the one that's on there. I do really, really like that song. And in my opinion, Jack White's last uh best album blunderbuss uh, Blunderbus. Blunderbus. yeah, okay. yeah that oh, was oh
3: like that one one yes. one in the genre you were mentioning luke joyce manor modern baseball released oh yes sports yo
1: that was Tears a years over beers that was a huge record that year for the emo underground yeah, oh good one. shout out yeah. modern baseball Yep. what a time man you're bringing me back that was 2012 in a nutshell yeah. in that in that <laughs> musical world every like those kids loved that band yeah that yeah. was a really good uh movie. Oh man, I'm not going to be able to think of the other one. Never, never, never mind. That's all right.
0: Le- if, did we miss anything? Let us know. Tell us what's your favorite album of the year 2012? Were you alive then? I'm actually actually well, yeah, they should have been.
1: Alive. <laughs> when a- live, were you <laughs> eight? <guy. laughs>
0: this is a 13 plus audience. Sorry, sorry, you a ten sorry, year old, sorry, sorry, get sorry. out of here, yeah. kid. Yeah. Anyway, let us know. Oh, we're we'll take a quick break, and we're going to come back with our new album review. Enjoy Don't the simulation. Anywhere. All right, everybody, welcome back to Get in the Garage
1: We're the music podcast. For
2: music lovers. It is time
0: for our new album review. This week, Luke,
1: would you like to tell us what we listen to? Yes, I would. We have the new studio album by The Gorillas, which is the project from Damien Albarn and Jamie Hewlett. I wanted to get that correct. And this is their new studio album. It is called Cracker Island. It is... Uh, full of... Well, it has some features in it. I know they've been a feature-heavy band. Uh, but the gang is back. Uh, <laughs> cartoon characters in full. We have 2D, Murdoch, Noodle, and Russell on the drums. So uh, the fake real band is back at it again. And um, features on this album include Thundercat, Stevie Nicks. Uh, we have Bad Bunny on here. And Beck, uh, a collaborator before, has come back again. And, uh, yeah, this is the new album, Cracker Island. Uh, I thought it was an interesting record and what did you guys think 10 tracks
2: 37 minutes a good length of album as we discuss time and time again uh we think the 37 to 44 minute is kind of like the sweet spot for albums Mm -hmm. uh i enjoyed the sound of this record it was produced by damon albarn by greg kirsten who is known for his work with adele with sia with kelly clarkson with pink he is like one of the big pop producers of the past decade, one producer of the year, Grammys multiple times. Um, and also Remy Kabaka Jr. I believe that's his name, is, uh, the live drummer for Gorillaz. He produced the Bad Bunny track and a couple other ones. Um, I liked this as like, kind of the, the Gorillaz thing, which is like chilled out hip hop kind of music made by rock kind of dudes. Um, Fun fact, Damon Albarn is older now than like Elton John was in the mid nineties. When we think about like Wow. Damon Albarn's fifty five years old. Wow. Yeah. I did not realize yeah.
0: this. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah.
1: Uh I wow, that is But cute.
2: he's like a perpetual twenty five year old. I know? feel like, the same way. Like yeah. he basically looks like mid nineties Elton John trying to be in mid 90s beastie boys like that's <laughs> yeah. that's how he operates like yeah kind of like yeah i'm just like the cool old guy who, you know with my gold teeth put in and just kind, kind of doing of, his thing yeah wearing orange sunglasses and stuff uh he's a cool cat and he's still vocally like doing the damon albarn cool thing which is like you know very laid back and casual and droll and like too cool for school but in like a fun way and
1: Yeah, Yeah. and uh, I would also like to note that the art of the gorillas has been progressing as well, Mm. which is something I really took note of on this record. Uh, They have all aged, uh, like Jeff said, like... Uh, He is 55 years old. The gorillas have aged like noodle. The guitar player was uh, drawn as a young girl about like 13 or 11 Mm -hmm. when the first album came out in 1999. Now she's like age 30 years old, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. All of them have bags in their eyes and like some receding hair. So (laughs) I thought that was like an interesting take on like where they are in age as well. Mm -hmm. They uh, made the band age. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I like the record. I mean, as far as to say that I, you know, like I, I i wouldn't necessarily consider myself a huge gorillas fan per se in the way that i'm not really somebody who has like tracked the albums very much you know i know the hits uh i know you know a couple extra tracks maybe off of the first record a couple extra tracks off of uh, demon days right that record um this record you know there it is yeah this record i thought it was all right um in comparison to the first album and Demon Days, those being the ones that I have the most reference to, I would say it is the weakest of the three, in my personal opinion. Um, if I'm picking nits, I did feel like it was a little bit one note-ish mm-hmm. in some points. I also felt like maybe some of that sort of like dark, kind of brutishy, sort of like fringy f- feel that you got with those two other records. This we didn't get that as much. I felt. Um, I mean, lyrically speaking, there was definitely some doom and gloom in the lyrics interwoven in there. But as for the just the instrumental sound of the album, mm. I felt like there was more levity, a little Hell, bit yeah. more like a little bit happier Brighter, sort of yeah, sounding sounding songs. Not as much minor key stuff. Mm. Um, I thought the features were cool. I like the Thundercat feature. I thought the Bad yeah. Bunny feature was all right. Uh, I didn't love the Stevie Nicks feature, but also I'm not a huge fan of Stevie Nicks' voice as a whole. Anyway, I mean, you know, I, you know, rumors is great and all that stuff, but um, you know, on here it, you know, I felt like it didn't really connect as much for me. I like the Tim and Paula uh, feature, though. I thought that song was cool. You There's know, a, the tame.
2: I mean, I love Kevin Parker. The Tim and Paula feature was a little bit of a, like a hat on a hat for me because yeah. this album sounded like heavily influenced by the last two. Tame Impala records, right? Which is very like chilled out synth beds and you know, kind of like not dance
1: music, but like nod your head music. Yes, I felt that way about a lot of this record. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I'm a big Gorillaz fan. I'm gonna say I really like the Gorillaz. Uh-huh. I like the whole thing. Um, for me, they were uh, like an, a band that would take the artists that they hadn't featured and kind of put them in a place where they hadn't been before more of like a rock band setting that was doing at like some of the things that they did and so it made a very interesting like chocolate and peanut butter um a lot of the times and formed kind of new sounds that you really hadn't heard at the time i'm talking the first two records uh plastic beach too as well throw that in there um, on this one, I felt like it was more of a reaction to what's been going on in pop music. Like Jeff said, like that was kind of a hat on a hat. Like I felt like um that song New Gold featuring Tame and Paula was more of like a Tame and Paula song featuring uh, the gorillas, which is you know um it is what it is on that but i did on that song love uh the booty brown uh feature which i thought brought a lot of life and energy into the um a record that i thought was missing some of that hip-hop stuff that the gorillas had done so well before um so i didn't like love love this record i had some things of, of issue with it and i felt the same way about uh uh cracker island that to me like Thundercat man Thundercat's such a great bass player and can come up with these like unique and original grooves and ideas which I feel like the Gorillas have you know been before and for me this was like a modern-y dance song where Thundercat really wasn't used to all of you know, Thundercat Oh, I liked that. See, that, I I, I love like
2: his that record, singing. That
0: tr- that track too. Yeah, yeah,
2: I like his singing. I don't even know if he played bass on that track. I, I don't I
0: think he only sang. But, but, uh, I think but. he does. I think at the very end, you hear yeah. him just oh, like, okay. <laughs> sure. but does, it, like, that's it's uh, very
1: kind of buried in there. And yeah, I just yeah. wanted some more like, uh, more personality mm. in like inf- inflected in there because I kind of felt like a lot of the songs were more just like modern dancey songs, which wasn't bad, but I kind of wanted that weird gorillas shake up flavor. Um, Yeah,
2: I'm not too familiar with Gorillaz beyond the self-titled Demon Days and Plastic Beach, which I think Plastic Beach was like 2009 or 2010. I think it's 2010. I I haven't listened to them their last decade plus of stuff. Um, But I did like a lot of these tracks. I liked the song The Tired Tired Influencer, which is like super chilled out, like a sea of synths. Um, Kind of like, to me, it's like the most emblematic of this album, like... It's kind of what the rest of the album sounds like. I liked the song "Silent Running," which featured Adeleé uh, on vocals, which is like he Adeleé is one of the singers in the Gorillas live like backing choir. Um, I thought that was like just an interesting track. I think that's kind of like the single off this album. Um, I like the song "Skinny Ape," which was this like minimal bleep, bloopy synth bass. Thing, and then, it, like, kind of exploded in the middle, and it got into this like really choppy, gated, like pushed, driving, like almost punky, dancey type of thing. Yep. Um. I like the Bad Bunny feature, uh, Tormenta, but like, it kind of just felt like an interlude. It was like maybe, maybe a two and a half minute song. Um. But Bad Bunny, like, I think, uh, what Bad Bunny does and how his vocals sound, uh, and it, the production style, I think, fit well on this album, which was very light and kind of summary and like it wasn't it didn't have that undercoat of darkness that a lot of the early gorillas stuff has um so i liked more of this album than i disliked like really um it's kind of like great background music that you can key into if you want to because yeah that's how i felt you know like there's five standout tracks i think and then there's three or three that are background and maybe like two that are just like, eh, whatever. I don't know. I felt,
1: I felt a little more like, I felt a little more hard and disappointed (laughs) with this record where I was like, I really thought that I, I still think that the gorillas can really like bring in new eras of music and new sounds. And I just was looking for something else on here. I did like some of the stuff like, um, is that song called, uh, tarant, tarantula? Um, that song, um, it was great and hooky. Had that good pop chorus. It reminded me a little bit sonically of uh, "Sweetest Pie" uh, by um, oh my god, Megan Thee Stallion. Uh, so it kind of had like that kind of pop groove to it. Um, but it's like slower. I really like the love song to it. I thought that was kind of more um, on the groove. The did you guys like kind of like you said the album's theme is kind of like the tired influence theme mm. for me. I this was my actual main dig with this record was like the songs and the beats for me were interesting enough but the lyrically I thought this like cracked screen like doomy computer is taking over our thoughts and I felt like um Radiohead maybe had done that idea to a much better um and earlier before and so for me to hear it on something like this, I'm like, that feels a little, like, not on point or not, like, not where I want them to be. I feel like that's, like, a dated thought. Like, we've all known that, and, like, we kind of have already mm-hmm. talked about that musically. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wanted, um, and if you do feel that way, maybe, like, some rejoicing out of it because it was kind of just, like, here's the problem and no, like – you know, um oh, he's like a grandpa, man. He's yeah. so fucking old. Like, I know. This, these are, this is
2: not his, like, pop music ain't his, I mean, I'll, I thought the record was good, but, like, perspective and the voice of a generation, like, this ain't his generation anymore. That's what I'm saying. No, yeah. it's most certainly not. And yeah. I
1: feel like maybe I just wanted something more, like, interesting and, like, yeah. the rock um, Sure, interesting.
2: Pop. I could have, I could have taken more interesting. I yeah. could have used, like, yeah. some more guitars
1: and some more bridges in there. Um, sure. But that's kind of yeah, yeah. that's how I felt about it, yeah. and this is coming from someone that I really do like this band. So um, it was just uh, something I didn't love, but I found some pieces in there that I really did like, like that song Tarantula. I liked um, Baby Queen. I thought was cool. That oh, was see, definitely... those are
2: the two that I would skip. Th- see, those two songs are my skips. Those are the ones yeah. I was more into because okay. it yeah. was
1: more like a different kind of theme, and I could get into like more of like what they were like coming at yeah, on yeah. on those kind of songs.
2: Did you like the closer, the duet with Beck? i thought it was, <laughs> it was I, I, I actually like that, that one, one. i liked, like like the mariachi good, style yeah, thing th- at with the, the end and, yeah. and i, th- I think <laughs> I their, like their voices and like just the whole approach to it being a duet was like done really well as like the closing thing of an album
0: yeah it's mm-hmm. funny this is kind of like a split record i think in terms of what we like and what we don't like because i wasn't mm-hmm. like a huge fan of silent running i thought that that I thought that that whistle was a rip. Oh,
1: on, I loved the whistle. Oh, but it was okay. such a rip on what was that? What's that song? Yes, uh, uh, "Young Folks" by uh, Peter Bjorn and John. John. Um, so when I listened to that, I, I, and I was like, "This sounds like that song, Young Folks." And then they started whistling, and I was like, "This sounds exactly like that song, Young Folks."
2: <laughs> Nobody was Not- credited for the whistle, too. I don't know who did the whistle. <laughs> oh, I wonder who. I
0: wonder who. <laughs> Some huge name. Someone. Um. Um, but, you know, yeah, I like, I like Possession Island, though. I know yeah. that's, like, you know, but I I loved Cracker Island. I thought I liked that yeah, song. That first that's song, opener. I lo- yeah, 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 I love that song, yeah. you know. I really, really like that song. Skinny Ape, like you had yeah. said, too, it's because that fast, that slow to fast kind yeah. of kind of thing. I think a big but, thing, too, is, like, we talk about a lot on these new records.
2: Like, I'm not even going to think about what these lyrics are for two months yeah like it's just not what i think about why i listen to new stuff really and luke dives into the words and stuff
1: yeah so like i'm i'm getting in there i really like i want to because like on the first listen i was like oh this is you know okay but i kind of want to really get in there and see what the album's themed like and how it really is gonna i think marinate over time Mm -hmm. um and so for me i just wanted like a more interesting theme and some beats that were a little less static. I felt like a lot of the beats on here were staticky and, uh, kind of turn roundy. So,
0: yeah, I just, I just, I liked that, that dark, underbelly gritty thing that you got from the early talk about
2: being 30 years old
0: yeah <laughs> that's what they're missing yeah i suppose that's what it is i guess that's what it is when i listened to this i was like trying to think to him like what is my opinion of this record well this and is like for cool minute, dad music and for, for a minute i almost felt like i don't really have an opinion of this yeah, record and i right. thought like that is kind of a bad thing like i don't think sure. that's because sure. it's like i i Look, man, I enjoy loving an album. I enjoy hating an album. But having a non-opinion about an album is is a red flag for me. Because I'm like, oh, well, then what is it? Be bad, don't be boring. Right, that's what I mean. And there were moments where I kind of felt myself kind of being bored. But, you know, I mean, you said it too, and I had the thought as well where I'm like, well, this is okay background music. Like, if you're Mm kind of hanging out, you know, in the summertime and you're having a fire and everyone just kind of hanging out and vibing and having a good time this is a record that you can put on, and everybody will be like, oh, this is a pleasant yep. thing to have on in the background, you know? And I, we say this all the time, background music is not a dig. That is not a dig as far as, it, you know, when we talk about if an album is a background music-style album or not. I don't feel like this is, but... Or I feel, I feel like this is, but, like, for example, if you put on the early stuff and, like, Clint Eastwood comes on, everyone's like, oh, shit, you know what I mean? Or, like, that's... You know, and to me... I don't know that any of the songs on this record, however many years from now, are going to be a, where yeah, one no of the songs case. come on. and Everyone goes, "Oh shit, this is that Thundercat cut." You know what I mean? They'll be like, "Oh yeah, this is a cool song. Thundercat was on this." No song. this songs
2: cool. by 50 fifty-five-year-old guys are ever hit songs. Yeah, it's I never suppose. been done. I, I want this done. band. I want. <laughs> this, Has it never been done? It's, it's never, never been, been done. done. Elton
1: John. Uh, how old? oh you said Elton John wasn't even that old in the nineties. I was going to say Elton. <laughs> Elton John
2: was almost a decade younger. Than Damon wow. Albarn is today, like
0: in the '90s.
2: Yeah, in the ni- when he did the Lion King songs, he was like 46, and Damon Albarn is about to be 55 years old. Oh yeah, huh. well, well I here's
1: yeah. the thing: if
2: time moves strange in the internet days,
1: it it does. I if it is in age. An age thing. I mm. would like to know what he sounds like, what his classic album is in you know what I mean because sure. he's already d- did done the turn from blur to gorillas, and that was a complete one eighty switch up for the most part and i think it's capable of a third act i think it is i think we should also listen to those albums that we missed in the middle oh i've i've You've listened, listened to those i've listened humans to humans and they're okay like they're not yeah. my favorite thing also mm-hmm. listen to the fall which was the first yep. ipad album that was like ever majorly released um I, and again, it's just been kind of like a little bit of a slow decline for me from this two thousand. Hit us with your period. rankings.
2: Hit us with a rating here. All
1: right, here we go. I uh, might disappoint some people. Tell me what you think, guys. It's my honest opinion. I got a five on this one. Five. Five. <laughs> There's some stuff that's pretty okay on here, but I think a five, it's a lot of a, a lot of middling. Five. A big
0: five. Uh, uh, i I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Pitchfork. I'm gonna call this a six point five. Okay. We'll
2: call All it right. six point five.
0: And hey, Damon Albarn, just like you, I am an old man. Uh this is a seven point five for me.
1: Okay. <laughs> there you have it.
0: There you have it.
1: Varied opinions. A on range. The record. Yeah,
0: a range of ratings. Yeah. Uh I definitely would say though. Give Check this album. Give it. Give give this album a listen. Tell you, us what you think. And if you I mean, di- I don't think dis- it's terrible.
1: Disagree with the things I've said. I'm open to criticism. Why do you love it? Why is this shut a great record? Please tell me.
2: Shut the fuck up. You do not know anything about gorillas or apes or music. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about it, guys. Um, Moving on, we're going to talk about our favorite album. Animal band names. Animal, <laughs> <laughs> animal, band, animal names. band names. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> Bands? Animal band names. Gorillas, I think, is an excellent animal band name with the Z on the end, mm. um, and it's gorillas, not the gorillas. Uh, classic. Uh, I'm gonna kick it off. My favorite animal band name: Mastodon. Love oh, it. it. It's so good. It's like an archaeological,
0: ancient <laughs> thing for a for a metal band. It, great. Prog it fits metal. Fits the kings. music perfectly. Yeah. Very good. Um, I'm going to go with rat. With (laughs)
1: two T's. With two T's. (laughs) All caps, baby. Rat and roll. I'm going to go with rat. Rat and roll. I love rat. Oh my God. Terrible. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with, uh, spelt the birds. B-Y-R-D-S. The classic. Rest in peace, David Crosby. (laughs) Alex, do you have any opinions? You want to
2: throw anything in?
1: Uh,
3: I didn't pick one for this, but I'm looking at a list of a lot of these.
2: All right, throw one in.
3: <laughs> There's a lot of good ones. This is actually really tough. Um, I'd probably go Arctic Monkeys. Oh, okay. okay. A
2: fictional thing that like does not it. exist. Yes. And I think it's actually like a derogatory racial
0: term. Is it really? Yeah, oh, for thought... people
2: from Northern England. Oh,
0: <laughs> oh yikes. Yeah, I thought always... it was a reference to the Yeti, maybe. I
2: don't know. My next pick... Um, the band is not called Spanish Panther, they are called Pantera, <laughs> which is Spanish for panther, which is an excellent band.
0: <laughs> I do love Pantera. So so good. There's also a car called the Pantera oh, as nice. well. Check it out. It's a great car. Um I'm going to go with Ooh, I have like a long list, so I'm kind of yeah, like Yeah, just throw it. But I got to give it where it's due, man.
1: 3 Dog Night. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shout out the three, three Dog, dog night, night, baby. Shout out. Let's get it. All right. I'm going to do a uh, heavy hitter here. The Beatles. Oh, oh, classic. Here we go. Should we go classic okay. round table? On sure. Me.
2: Alex, you have any others you want to throw in? Lamb of God. Uh, oh, <laughs> on the ah. itself. Um, another band name. It's a misspelling. Uh, the classic, Def Leppard. Oh, oh so good.
0: Def Leppard. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to kind of like ride on Luke's, uh, ride on Luke's there. Uh, I'm going to go with the monkeys. Also miss. Oh, two E's. e's yes. But I'll go with the monkeys. Okay. Okay. Classic.
1: All right. I'm going to take it even further back here. We got Buddy Holly and the crickets. Cricket. <laughs>
3: oh, yes.
0: <laughs> Alex. <Get> another one. <laughs>
3: uh, oh, there's a lot. I really should have prepared for this. I didn't think about this one. <laughs> um.
1: We got. Keep it. Keep it rolling. Dead Say air. anyone. Dead Dead air. Air. White lion. <laughs> White lion. Oh, White lion. Got it. Eighties. Eighties ones. Um,
2: I'm gonna go with another ancient animal. A band named I fi- think fits the music perfectly. T Rex.
0: Oh yes. Like formerly classic. Tyrannosaurus Rex. Pra- classic. <laughs> classic. Uh, I'm not gonna go with a band. I'm gonna go with a man. <laughs> oh man. Seal. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, it didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> <laughs> you can't oh, do Oh, that. that's so good. <laughs> Come on, man. So right. good. Here we is go. is okay. it not an animal? Yeah, Come on, is. let's go.
1: Here we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: the Flamingos. Oh, the- oh, classic. One of my favorite songs of all time. Only have eyes for
1: you. Yeah,
3: man. Oh, my God. Oh,
2: Alex, throw us another one out there.
3: Steppenwolf.
2: Oh, oh. oh okay. Oh. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll count the it. Wolf's in <laughs> there. Steppenwolf. <man. laughs> Um, I love this band name. I think it comes from like a nursery rhyme thing. I like the
0: alliteration, Counting Crows. Oh, yeah. I think it's an excellent band name. Yeah, Counting Crows. Uh, It's misspelt again, but one of Jeff's favorite bands, Fish.
2: Oh, Oh.
1: Oh, my, fa- my favorite favorite band. <laughs> band of all time. Okay, we're going to go for uh, one that my sister used to rock back in the day the female metal group Kitty. Oh, oh.
0: yeah.
3: Meow. <laughs> Kitty. Kitty. Oh, man. I'm surprised it hasn't been mentioned yet, but Papa Roach. Wrote... Oh, you know, never... <laughs> that's about <laughs> my next one. I'm surprised it hasn't been mentioned yet. Come on, it's a dad that's a roach. Man. Um,.
2: Papa Roach, <laughs> same
0: era, great band name, Let's or go. is a terrible band name, Bloodhound Gang.
3: Oh, <laughs> wow.
0: I thought you were gonna go for my next pick, Alien Ant oh. Farm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Such me. bad band names. Luke, you got more?
1: Oh, I had one and it just slipped out of my brain. You guys made me laugh. Oh, I'm sorry. It's gone. It'll come back. Alex, you got another one. Beastie Boys. Oh, what was it? I had a oh, that's a giant that ass. <laughs> that's a stretch. That's a stretch. <laughs> Beastie Boys. Beastie
2: Boys. Um, this band name, another alliterative band name,
0: Modest Mouse. Oh, yeah? Ooh. The mice, the modest, modest mice. Uh, I'm going to go with another insect, and I'm going to go back to the 80s. I'm going to hit you with Wasp. Wasp, <laughs> I thought you were going to do that. I hate that band name. <laughs> Was well, Hornet that, taken or terrible, about me? Terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's keep it going. Al, uh, Jeff, you got more? Oh,
3: I got Alex many. Got, oh, I, have, I, I got one. I got one. Yeah. Horse girl. Hor- oh, oh. horse girl.
1: Horse oh. oh. <laughs> girl. Oh. Did nobody Party mention
3: up. the men themselves? The animals? Oh.
2: Say. The animals, yes. Great band name. Um this is a band uh seventies kind of like funk band, P- very primal music. Mandrill. Oh, oh mandrill. Yeah, <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> I remember when I bought that record. I bought oh, a mandrill is, record. Ask me if there's no mandrill on that shelter. <laughs> it definitely is.
1: Um
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the seventies as well known for their uh, uh maybe unintentional advertisement for cigarettes the band camel, camel. yeah
2: it was on my list <laughs> camel prog rock bull, good music yeah <laughs> dinosaur junior oh okay oh. yes 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 yes
3: the one that uh mikey showed me them crooked vultures oh, oh yeah yes. josh hom
0: the and power, uh, big Them crooked group. vultures them
2: crooked vultures um a band that maybe you guys don't know but a band that was like a big late Late 80s, early 90s power pop band, excellent band, made like two albums. Jellyfish. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, the man. albums are one is called Belly Button, and one I think is called Spilt Milk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm telling you, yo, check it out. Yeah. Jellyfish, great band. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the insects uh and back to the eighties, a band known for their risque album covers. The Scorpions, oh. baby. Let's go to Germany. Let's enjoy Scorpions. Oh my god. Yeah.
1: All right. I think that's I, that's all I got. My brain. That's all you got? I it. got a couple more. I got a <laughs> couple more. Hit us with it, guys. Let's go uh, rapid fire, back and
2: forth. Um, singer-songwriter featured on either Shrek or Shrek 2 album, <laughs> Eels. Eels. <laughs> I like how <laughs> it's like Shrek or Shrek 2. I forget which. It's fra- I
1: think it's Shrek 2. Shrek 2. Oh, we had oh the Shrek God. 1 soundtrack. Uh, yeah. I don't remember that it's song. It's good.
0: Eels. Uh, we can't forget the dogs, Snoop and Nate. Oh, uh, of
2: course. <laughs> <laughs> Snoop. <laughs> <laughs> the the canine brothers, the canine brothers, um, oh. g- Greek British band Foles.
0: Oh yeah, F- right. Oh yeah, right. A right? fool is uh yeah. Yep. No shit. That's right. right. I think
2: the the leader of that band is a Greek yeah. man. Uh,
0: I don't think we have anybody
1: mentioned it. Eagles.
2: Oh, oh that sure. was
1: that was the one Come I had the... in my head that yep. I forgot. I was like Eagles. Eagles. Left.
2: Um, we mentioned them talking about
0: uh, gorillas. Tame Impala.
1: Yeah, tame Impala. Yes.
0: Um, uh I, iron butterfly
1: oh yeah i mean it's a uh... cat mother the band featuring noel redding of uh the experience cow oh, okay is that, is that a wolf mother spin i don't know wolf mother's another one <laughs> it's
2: not a very good record i can tell you that um let's see what else what else what else um oh. cage the elephant like
1: which it. you should never do Bonzo Dog Blitz Band. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Bonzo Dog Blitzband are the band that released the song "Death Cab for Cutie." That "Death Cab for Cutie" is named after. Oh, they are also God. the band that plays in the Magical Mystery Tour movie. Whoa. There you go. Deep, Ooh, deep. Bonzo cut. Dog Blitzband Deep cut. Bonzo Dog Blitzband
3: Fleet Foxes. Oh. oh, Fleet Foxes. They're yeah. a
2: alliterative band name. Yeah, Oxygen. Playing in oh, New Haven. A stretch. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last one I haven't named uh, A great band with like a one hit Huge big one hit wonder The Turtles oh. mm. Imagine me and you
0: yep. Yes uh, Ron Minoff I think this is my last one uh, Les Claypool's Fearless Flying Frog Brigade So there you have it folks If we missed any Write them in the comments below Yeah Like and comment Subscribe Tell all your friends Tell a cat owner As Luke suggested At the beginning of the episode this has been getting the garage. We will see you next time guys. Keep it real.